0: What's going on? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with my good friend, Jeremiah. I'm not quite as sick as I was on the last episode. Stringer, how are you, man?
1: Hey, man. I'm doing a whole lot better this episode. Those that heard the the most recent one, a little stuffy, but I'm over it. And I had three negative COVID tests. So they prescribed me some antibiotics for sinus infection. After I that, lived through it for a week,
0: that is perfect. That is absolutely perfect, man. I'm happy for you on that because that that's awful. That's just yeah. awful. I just want to say that. And by the way, this uh, Josh Ebersole. This is cold brew. Um, so cheers.
1: <laughs> I always see him posting uh, stuff on Instagram about. Well, I see him post a meme the other day. It was like iced coffee versus cold brew. It's a big, no difference.
0: big difference. Big, I've big difference. I've never had cold brew. Well dude, when are you going to come back down here? Like you need to come to the house. I've got cold brew all the time. I got a cold brew pitcher by accident. And I what happened was I'm part of this like you pay them each month and you get stuff sent to you and I forgot to cancel one month. Because uh, I had it was when I had COVID. Yeah. And I wasn't looking at the I wasn't looking at the internet. I wasn't reading emails. I wasn't doing any of that. Completely missed it and so I spent 50 bucks on this kit and part of the kit was a cold brew pitcher. So it's like well if I got it I'm going to start making it all the time. So I make cold brew like I've got it every day at the house. Now the reason mine's kind of lighter right now is because I like to put uh, heavy cream in it because of the keto thing. Nice fatty yeah. deliciousness to put in my coffee. So I was,
1: uh, I started doing the pour over a while back. And cool. then Oh yeah, it's delicious, but it's a big investment of time.
0: Yeah, it takes forever. Yeah, it's not it's not quick. Well, I mean cold brew, you know, you can you you make it And then it's got to sit at least 24 hours.
1: Yeah, that's what Josh said. I was like, man, that's a long – like you have to
0: know in advance, you know. Well, this one sat almost 48. So I'll let this one brew just a little bit longer. I get this coffee from a place called The Roaming Goat out of Columbus, Ohio. Roaming Goat. Yeah. Okay, so the story goes as this. The origin of coffee is is from Ethiopia. This is one of the stories. Like there's multiple stories, but one that most people seem to go with is that coffee was discovered in Ethiopia by a goat farmer where he had uh-huh. these berries and was making a stew. His goats ate it and they went crazy and then he tried it and he felt this buzz and that was kind of the beginning of coffee. So, huh, I can go into more detail, but that that's the that's the basic run of it.
1: That had to be thousands of years ago.
0: It would have been a long time ago, yeah, yeah. It's a long, it's a couple of years ago. No big deal.
1: So, John and I were talking before this episode. Nothing to do with coffee, no. But uh, we have been uh, comparing some of our gear, and we want to do a uh, battle royale for our gear. If you didn't know, we did an episode like this before in the past, and we battled out some different things. Uh, I remember one specifically. John pretty much changed my mind on the Tyvek versus the Polycro, and I have been using Tyvek. I don't know if you knew this, John. I
0: did not know this. This is <laughs> this is the most pleasant thing I've heard in a long time.
1: <laughs> Mister Backpacking with Jason, sir, had some scrap, and I have this like giant. Well, it's not a giant roll, but you know it's a lot more than you just go buy at Lowe's. You know, just the uh, you know they sell the the small amounts, right. And then I unrolled all this. It's multi purpose too. Actually, we made a giant slip and slide out of it one day. Oh, that's staked awesome. it down in the yard. Yep. A lot of dish liquid in the that's yard. That's
0: all you need, man. Some tarps or Tyvek and some dish soap. Dude. We had And the best thing is <laughs> the best thing about that is like I used to be a youth minister back in the day, right? Uh huh. So once a year I had this day that I just called nasty day. And we come out, we'd have mud, we'd just all these mud games, food fights all the stuff by the end of the day every kid looked disgusting and we ended it we ended it with the water slide with the dish soap and every kid came out sparkling clean at the end of the day
1: that's all just a little uh, little soap and water
0: kids didn't even know i was cleaning them without touching them you know that's just that's just the way it works
1: we had a whole group whole group of 20 year you know 20 plus you know we're all in our 20s our whole group dude you're and pushing 30 though i know I'm still 28 right now.
0: Uh, it's it's coming. It's not that far away. <laughs>
1: but we're all, you know, we're all <clears> like <throat> grown adults, big boy jobs. We're running around, having a water balloon fight, having a barbecue, running down the slip and slide, That's playing so games. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Do it at any age. Oh, heck so anyway, yeah, man. So, the, you, you helped change my mind on that one. I would still use PolyCrow, but uh, the Tyvek. Something about it, man. So we have a whole, a whole list of things. I don't know how many we'll get through today. Well, this is but, this is
0: basically what I would say is our battle royale 2021 style. Like we did oh the 2020 God. style, we made it through COVID year one. Now we're in COVID year two, <laughs> and it's time to do episode two of the battle royale. And uh, this was actually Jeremiah's idea. I didn't even. I, this is a great idea, Jeremiah. This is a great well, idea. I'm excited. I do about what doing I can.
1: <clears throat> Yeah, go ahead, man. You want to hit the the first one?
0: Yeah, let's talk about the first one because this one is going to be controversial, man. We're not even holding back on the very first one. We are going to compare water filters. You are a Sawyer Squeeze guy, and I'm a Be Free guy by catadyne. So I'm just going to let you go first, and then I'm going to talk after you because I want to hear – because I like the Sawyer Squeeze. Like This isn't going to be one of those things where – the way it seems to work is everybody likes a Sawyer squeeze. I know very few people that don't like it, but there are a lot of people that don't like to be free. So this ought to be fun. So you go ahead and go first.
1: Well, I'll start with, I had a Sawyer, uh, I guess they a Sawyer mini, right? So they got the Sawyer micro, which is like a squeeze, but cut in half. Yeah. And, and then they awful. have the Sawyer mini. Yeah. I, I used the micro whenever I did the long trail and discovered the B-Free on there, tried it out, have since buried it. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I still have it. It's in my gear closet, but I've went through two of them. Anyway, uh, went to the Sawyer Fool, and there was no going back. Like, the flow rate was unstoppable, and I was like, I am more than happy to carry this extra. You know me. I'll carry extra weight anyway. Oh, yeah. So the F- Sawyer Fool has, well, I about said it's never failed me, but I did, like – back flush it with hard water, just like tap water, that's a no-no. You, you had to use like filtered or distilled water. You know, you can use the water that you have just filtered, you know, maybe in the woods or wherever, and then back flush it with that. But uh, the tap water, no. So I actually had to throw one away. So I'm going to saw your squeeze the whole way. It's worth carrying a couple of extra ounces to have an amazing flow rate and the longevity It says a 100,000 gallons.
0: It won't get that far.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it will or not.
0: I know. It won't. I I know a lot of people that are like through hikers who've done thousands of miles. Yeah, they didn't get 100,000 gallons. I can promise you that.
1: Those people drink a lot of water.
0: Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And usually it's like you have very few that use them for like more than two through hikes. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. We'll see what happens.
1: Somebody commented on a video I did recently and said that they switched out the, uh, they're like, I don't use the syringe anymore. So saw your squeeze to back flush. It comes with like a plastic syringe, a big right. one. Right. And then you like fill it up and squirt it the reverse direction of the flow rate. They said the coupling, you know, the one that you can screw on so that your bottle can just kind of hang yeah. from it. They said that you could use that and squeeze the water back through That's using the I bottle. Did. Yeah, I never even thought of that. That is such a good idea. Yeah. And if you want to take, you know, something with you to back flush it, you could use the bottle. I tried using the, uh, just like the bottle, like a smart water bottle. It's got the flip up lid, the sport mode or whatever. Yeah. And you can kind of stick that on there and back flush it in a pinch. But I thought the coupling was a really good idea.
0: Yeah, it is a good idea. It's a really good idea. Like I said, I have nothing against the Sawyer Squeeze.
1: Well, we're I'm about to attack the bee free after you go.
0: I just prefer the bee free. <laughs> okay, hit me with it. I, I can honestly tell you, I have never had a fail with it. And I've been using it for over a year now. Um, I've used it in all different kinds of water. Now also though, I treat mine before I go on every trip. The bee free? Yes. If I know I'm just going on a quick trip, I'll pull out the Sawyer because I don't have time to treat like the, the bee free. Mm. But for me, the B-Free is lighter. The flow rate is insanely faster than the Sawyer Squeeze. It's I it's not even close. I and, agree with that. And what I do is I, I have a gallon pitcher, or a gallon pitcher. I don't care. I don't have a pitcher of it. I have a gallon bottle of uh, distilled vinegar I keep at the house. And so what I do is before every trip, I just take the filter. I don't even care if it's clogged or not. I just do it. I stick the filter in the distilled vinegar, just put like fill a glass up. Drop the filter in there, let it sit for about an hour, pull it out, rinse it off, put it in clean water, pull it back out, like filtered water, pull uh-huh. it back out, rinse it off, runs perfectly every trip. I have never gone on a trip where it's failed me. And it's lighter, it doesn't stick out of your water bottle as far, uh, It's it's the flow rate's just crazy. I, I love it. I think it's a fantastic water filter.
1: Now, whenever you say doesn't stick out of your bottle as far, you have a bottle that you screw the bee free on.
0: Well, you've got the you've got the one liter thing that you can use as a bottle the mm-hmm. bag, and you can just leave it on that and clip it to your your bag, or you can do however you want. But like with the with a Sawyer, if you do that with a bottle, yeah, it sticks out the full length of the filter.
1: I would be poking you in the side.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just it, to me the size, the weight of it, is, and the flow rate is just. For me, the b Free is a fantastic water filter, and I've just not had the issues everybody else has. But I'm also like very proactive with it, so I don't ever have the issues everybody else has. Well, for
1: the record, I don't know what if there is a weight savings on the b Free versus the Sawyer Squeeze. We should we should find out right now. Yeah, we should
0: probably want, just Google. Do you it? want to find out right now? Because I can find out within <laughs> like ten seconds.
1: Yeah, you, you find out, and I'm going to start attacking the B-Free.
0: Okay, you destroy the B-Free while I take my headphones off and can't listen to it. <laughs> and then when I come back, I'm just going to be ignorant to the whole thing,
1: okay? Wait, are you going to Google it, are you just going to... Uh, no, I've got it like, literally go- right behind me, like right there. Oh, okay. I can grab right, it go right ahead. now.
0: I can put the scale right here, and I can give you the, the actual weights right now. Go ahead. Okay, I'll be right back. You you just destroy my filter. I don't agree with you already, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> all right, my
1: <laughs> my number one gripe with the be free is the taste of the water whenever you you get done filtering it. I don't know what Katadyn makes their bags out of, but it tastes all latexy. It's like super plasticky. And Mister Backpacking with Jason, sir. He tried bleaching out the the Be free bag and said it didn't help at all. And mine, every single time, it always is like, you know, it tastes like you're chewing on a surgical glove. It's just the water doesn't taste right. And I don't want to treat every bit of water, not treat, but like flavor every bit of water that comes out of my B-Free.
0: You know, I don't even use the one liter bag. What do you use? I have a bag, a HydroPack bag that I use. It's a three-liter bag.
1: Yeah, well, it probably doesn't have a plasticky taste from the uh, from that
0: company. I don't know. It, that's the company that makes the the one-liter one, but um, but I've never had that with. But I've never used the one-liter one. Like I've got two of them, and they're just sitting over there, clean right now. But as far as the weight goes, first off, I mean, do you see this size-wise? Yep. Oh, I mean, definitely for, more compact. Like it's it's almost half the length of the filter and when you put it on a bottle it's more like this
1: yeah it's literally is, half
0: yeah it's crazy the weights you're looking at 2.5 ounces i'll it one more time just to make sure yeah 2.5 ounces versus 1.2 ounces
1: so it's uh, half double. the weight
0: and half the size and twice the flow rate
1: okay and you never get the plasticky taste
0: I've never used the actual bottle. <laughs> so no, I, I, I don't. Um, I, I just don't.
1: Now those people that are listening that have no experience with the free, it's not a bottle. The, he keeps saying bottle, but it's not a bottle. I'll it's grab like i it. I'll
0: grab it for the people if for people who are watching, you keep describing for people watching, I'll show you what it looks like.
1: Okay. It for those listening, it is actually like a rubbery bladder. It's super flexible and it's got a giant mouth on it, and you screw the the Be free down in there. But it's not it's not necessarily a bottle. It's more like a collapsible bottle. Or if you've seen the collapsible flasks, that's what it's like. It's more yeah. like a collapsible.
0: Yes. Yeah, so if you're watching online right now, you can see it. It's a it's just a one liter, like bag. But this feels different. Like holding it now, even feels different than the Hydrapak bag that I use.
1: It feels rubbery, doesn't it?
0: Very, yeah.
1: Yeah. Kinda of a little bit of stretch to it. It's uh yeah, I'm, a little
0: the stretch doesn't bother me because like the um the canock bags are the same way. They got a little bit of that stretch to them and everything. Um, but
1: here now this happens with the sawyer too, but the the issue that I had was I had a one liter and a three liter bag. And mm-hmm. the three liter sprung a leak. And it wasn't even around one of the you know, a lot of times it's a seam. I guess that they it's rubber cement or some kind of glue, some adhesive that they seal the seams with, or maybe heat. I don't know. And a lot of times, one of those will break down. But mine, it just like sprung a leak out of nowhere.
0: And that was that was the what Canock bag?
1: No, that was the be free bag that comes with it.
0: Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. You can you got one that looks like this? That was a three liter. The same material, the real thin. Yep. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I've never actually used this bag. This is brand spanking new, this bag. I mean, it is clean and pretty and, like, look at that. Isn't that beautiful? It's just super <laughs> nice. But I've never it used looks it. Like, like, when it looks I first... like it's
1: going to make your water taste bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All I know is when I first bought my filter, I just bought the filter, and then I bought the 3-liter Pack bag. Because I just well, like the pack we... bag.
1: Yeah, it. a lot of times those third-party bags are better than the manufacturer ones because the manufacturer ones always seem to bust no matter what brand. Oh,
0: the Sawyer bags are terrible.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, th- how, whatever they seal them with, trash. Come on, Sawyer, you're better than that.
0: And here's the worst part. Here's the worst part. I listened to a podcast where they were talking to the guys from Sawyer about the bags, and they even acknowledge that the bags aren't great, and they do Just nothing fix to fix it. Like, could you imagine if they were it. to partner with, like, Hydro Pack or Kanak or something like that to get a Sawyer-branded one of their bags? Game changer. Oh, charge an extra $10. bucks, i would buy it, you know? Yeah, I would, too, if it's not going to fail. Yeah. And I, I'm telling you, dude, a little pre-care on these things, and these don't fail. Yeah. I promise you. They, they just don't fail. I mean, it, it takes – it's no work. I mean, all you're doing is you're sticking in a glass with some vinegar and then you're put in a glass with water rinse it out and you're done and i put it in my in my pack and i'm ready to go
1: yeah i guess no matter which what kind of filter you buy you're still either going to have to replace it once it wears out or you're going to have to back flush it or there has to be some kind of maintenance otherwise it wears out
0: yeah the shake thing didn't i, I noticed the shake thing wasn't a great way to clean it out
1: it doesn't help me at all like be free yeah. they have it printed on the bags that the way yeah. that you back flush them can't really back flush them because the fibers are set up differently but it says you're supposed to just like shake it in the uh in the bag or in some some other container
0: yeah shake and swish is what it says
1: yeah come on that doesn't work that doesn't work no
0: i've just just learned if 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 you take care of it before you leave on a trip it works every time plus also something else i learned about this filter if you haven't gone in a while and you leave it sit it just dries out so if you'll just soak it in water and let it sit for like an hour, it rehydrates, and, and usually it's fine. It's good to go. And you can test to make sure it hasn't gone bad by blowing into it. And if you blow air through it, the filter's bad. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, hey, look at that. My camera just decided to like quit for a second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we let people decide whatever filter they think is best. I'm going to move on to our next
0: well, the truth is, they know it's the be free, so we'll keep going. Dan Becker likes it, so that means it's best.
1: <laughs> Dan Becker made both a hate and like video, if I remember correctly.
0: <laughs> did he really? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm making
1: that up. <laughs> who knows? Well,
0: uh, who was it? Uh, backcountry Forward, Jesse. He just did the uh, North Country Trail or something. It's a, it's a trail up in uh, up in Ca- in Canada that he just did, and it's a long trail. And he hates to be free now, so oh I, I well he's probably he's probably on your end with that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, it's a lemon. Well, I also think it depends on the water you're going to be in. If you know it's going to be silty and stuff, I'd rather use the Sawyer. Uh huh. Because it, you, it's an open filter. I mean, this isn't like the Sawyer. You can like you can literally I'll put it up here. You can literally see into the filter. So I yeah. mean, it's. If you're using really silty water, that's probably not going to do as well as the Sawyer's going to just yeah, by
1: default. You, here's a little hack for everybody. Got this. My comments are such a great resource. Like, I can make videos from the comments because there's so many people with so many different experiences.
0: Have you ever wanted and to do a hate video from those? Like, you know the, where they read the mean tweets? <laughs> Have you ever wanted to do a mean comments <laughs> video? Because I've considered it because I thought it would be pretty funny. I don't.
1: This is uh, really good for me. I don't think that I get enough like negative comments to to make enough content for that.
0: Oh man, that's a shame because you would have some fun with that.
1: I get some, but I don't. I don't give them time of day. They don't get. It's just straight delete. It's there gone. you go. There you go. I, I try to delete it before I can remember it. If it starts off bad, I'm just like delete. And then sometimes yeah. they'll comment. They'll be like. Oh, I see. You're going through. You're deleting comments that you don't like, and then I'm like, "Yep, I delete that comment too." (laughs) (laughs) No response. I mean, it's your page.
0: Do whatever the heck you want, man.
1: Exactly.
0: You ready to go for this next item? So, so no, I wanted to give my hack. Oh, let's hear your hack. Let's hear your hack.
1: It's not my hack. Like I said, it's from the comments, but the hack is. especially if you backpack a lot in the areas that you're describing that are kind of silty and sandy and stuff, your water sources are like that. You can um, just go to like any hardware or plumbing store and get the same size washer, but with a screen in it.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I've heard that before.
1: So you, so the, the saw, squeeze, it comes with the washer in the bottom so that whenever you squeeze water through water, just doesn't pour out the sides. You know, it's got an O ring in there. That seals it off. So you can replace that o ring with the exact same size o ring, just with a, a kind of a built in screen, and you're good to go.
0: That's a good hack, man.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's going in a video for sure. Okay, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm gonna the do next, it this week. <laughs> the next, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna make it this week, but <laughs> <laughs> the next one is trekking poles.
0: Yeah, I'll go first on this one since I made you go first last time. Uh, All right. I'm not a big carbon trekking pole person. Um, only because of my weight, and I'm afraid with the torque of me putting on it that a normal person would, uh-huh. I would snap the pole. I've seen skinny people snap graphite, or not graphite, but carbon poles before. Uh-huh. And and so when I see someone like Darwin snapping a pole on a hike, yeah. and he weighs all of like 170 pounds or something, uh, like when you weigh almost 100 pounds more than that man... I'm not trusting a carbon fiber pole with me, so I'm an aluminum pole kind of guy, which of course weighs a little bit more, but I bought a pair of Black Diamond Trail Pro shock poles uh, back in late 2015, early 2016, and I'm still using that set of poles today, although I did just order a new set of trekking poles because one of the shocks in it actually has started to come loose. So, after five or six years of using the same trekking poles, now I have to get new ones.
1: That's so. a pretty long use.
0: Yeah, Anytime
1: yeah. Time you go ahead.
0: No, i will just it I mean, I can't complain, man. They've been great. I've I've caught them in everything, like everything. I took them all the way up Kilimanjaro. Um, the whole Sheltoe Trace I did with them. Every hike I've been on you with and with Jason, back, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, or anybody, those poles have come with me. Um, outside of a small amount of time where I tried some tac Niner carbon fiber poles, they were the Z poles, and one of them started coming loose and clicking a lot, and that was within just a few uses. So I am hard on trekking poles, and the fact that these actually held up for five years, six years, whatever it is, is insane.
1: Well, I have an honorable mention before I reveal mine and why they're better than yours. My honorable mention (laughs) is You got them
0: bougie poles, don't you?
1: (laughs) I do. (laughs) I used all throughout my backpacking career until I most recently got the current ones I use. The honorable mention is the Cascade Mountain Tech. And you can buy those on Amazon. Really budget friendly. They used to be like 40 bucks. They probably went up since then because I guess a lot of people wanted them. So, supply and demand. But those are great. You can get them carbon fiber or aluminum. So, whichever. And for the record, anybody that's listening, I don't care what gear you use. Like, John and I are just having fun comparing oh, yeah. gear. And
0: I just it, know my gear is, is better than Jeremiah's. That's all I know.
1: <laughs> it is a competition. Yeah. <laughs> But at the end of the day, use whatever works for you. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. So, mine that I'm using right now are the Gossamer Gear LT5s. Total bougie. Yeah, and you, I'll look up. No, I think I remember. So, I, for the full disclosure, I didn't pay for these. Gossamer Gear sent them to me. And the the number one con with these is the cost. I think if I remember right, they're like $195. Yeah, so they're those, expensive. That's really expensive. Like I thought Leckies, or Liky's or however you say it, I thought that those were expensive. And then I was like, wow, these Gossamer gear ones are pretty, come with a pretty hefty price tag. But the number one pro about them is they only weigh four ounces each. Which is extremely light for trekking. Yeah.
0: Boats. That's not even a, that's like, well, that's like a quarter of a pound.
1: Yep. Quarter of a pound. So you're talking half a pound with both of them. And that is extremely light. So I love them for that. But I saw one snap and I had to email Gossamer Gear and I was like, hey, I don't know what the deal is. Um, I let one of my buddies use one of these on a backpacking trip and he, he was exhausted and he's a bigger guy. And I guess that he just put his weight on it wrong or something going downhill and snapped it. That and stinks. you can buy the replacement pieces, you know, like if you break the bottom part or whatever. Cause sometimes you'll get it trapped between two rocks or something like that. <laughs> but I think those are still like twenty, thirty, forty dollars, you know, it's still pretty expensive for the replacement parts. And it's they're so thin, they they'll snap easier, but that's also why they're lighter. And more expensive.
0: And, and imagine, like, and that's the thing. It's like when you're, I mean, I'm not as big as I was, okay? I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. You know, I, w- I was in my, I was 305 at one point. Now I'm down just below 240. Um, but I, I still, even at this weight, that's what makes me nervous about carbon fiber poles. I just, it makes me nervous. I, I just don't, I, I'm not comfortable with them until I, I drop another 50 or 60 pounds. Well, those Cascade Mountain Tech carbon
1: fiber ones are super thick. I mean, that's why they're budget-friendly is because they're not, like, spending more money shaving these things down and oh, making yeah. them lighter or anything. It's like, this is hefty. You know, it weighs more, but it's also more durable.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I have I just ordered new ones. Like, I, they're going to be here tomorrow. Like, if we would have been doing this tomorrow night, mm-hmm. um, I could actually show you my new trekking poles. I like Black Diamond trekking poles. This will be the second pair I've owned. Um, these are the trail or er- I'm reading it right now because I can't remember the names of things like this. The trail ergo cork trekking poles. They're 130 bucks a pair. Um, luckily I helped a buddy of mine move into his new house. So he gave me a $50 REI gift card. So they didn't cost me $129 and 95 cents. <laughs> um, it was not, it was definitely not a sponsored segment by my friend. It's just, he, he thanked me for helping him move. It was me and one other guy that kind of came and did most of the work and so he hooked both of us up with some pretty nice gifts. Um, wow. But, yeah, so that's that's where I'm getting my trekking poles from. And I'm excited about starting with them. I've been wanting cork handles. That is the only complaint I've ever had about my old trekking poles is that they mm-hmm. were the foam handles, and they just collect sweat. Like, yeah. if I did, like, a, a longer day, like when I was doing the Shell Trace, if we did a 20-mile day, my hands would be wrinkly because they'd be so wet from sweating all day with the trekking poles. And yeah. Uh, That's kind of gross. Yeah, that's something I don't
1: get about the LT5s. Bruh, you are making somebody pay $195 for these, and there's so many great things, but then you stick foam handles that are painted as cork. Those aren't cork? No, they're foam. Really? I I think that they're doing it because foam weighs less. But I think that that is... Come on. I mean, I like... It could be a personal preference, but anecdotally, the people I've talked to like cork the most. Like plastic, it goes plastic. Uh, I don't like plastic. Now, this is me talking. Right, right. You'll get sweaty. Foam, a little bit better than plastic. Spongy, at least, something to grip. Cork. Cork absorbs the sweat, at least some, you know, and it stains and stuff, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, you're using it out in the woods. So if it's if it's giving you better uh, better grip and
0: absorbing that sweat, that's where it's at. Yeah, man, I agree with you 100% on that. Because uh, you're actually talking, when you mentioned those three versions of, of handles, uh-huh. that's the order of the trekking poles I've had. I had my uh, Mountain Smith cheapo trekking poles when I started, and they were the plastic with the rubber, you know, the ribbed rubber kind of thing where it's got the grooves in it. Uh And I started out with those, and those actually just were uncomfortable. I just didn't like them at all. It wasn't even sweat. I just didn't like them. They weren't comfortable. And so I went from that to these black diamond poles, and they were foam. And I got those Tac Niner poles, and they were foam. And now I'm getting my first pair with cork handles, and everybody I've talked to has said, you're going to love it. It's going to be the best thing you've ever had. It's more comfortable, and it soaks in the sweat, and you don't have to have it all over your hands.
1: Yeah, and I haven't gotten blisters from using trekking poles.
0: No, I haven't either. But
1: I would imagine that if you do get blisters, it's most likely going to come if you are using plastic or, like, rubber or whatever that that is.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I've never never had that problem with trekking poles. But um, I don't know anybody – I mean, if you've done that, if you've had that issue, like – Leave a comment in the video or uh, shoot us an email and let us know the story because I would love to know if someone actually did get hand, like blisters on their hands from the trekking poles. Well, I
1: don't get them. I think because um, I have these sissy hands, so I wear <laughs> like weightlifting gloves because <laughs> you know you got to keep your hands soft. <laughs> you know what I mean,
0: dude? You don't have sissy hands. They're not calloused up. You don't you don't have sissy hands, man. You're good. Uh, I, I won't thanks. let you go there. <laughs> I know you I know you enjoy playing basketball. <sighs> like you got to keep those hands soft for basketball. I get it. It's all That's good. That's right. The shoulders touch. You you're a Kentucky boy, is what you got to do, man. I understand. <laughs> okay. I'll go next on the next one. Okay, good cuz I you're going to win this one hands down. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling like a winner. Uh, you should feel like a winner cuz as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, you are the winner on this one. So I have
1: been using the Hoka Speed Goat 4s, and I don't know if that's their latest Hoka Speed Goat. Which,
0: by the way, we're doing trail runners right now for the people that are wondering what Hoka Speed Goats are. We're talking trail runners. Yeah, these are trail runners, and
1: the only con that I have about them is that they, I mean, they look kind of funny. Because the sole of them are like five inches thick. You know, it's like walking on elevated platform shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's it's also like, it's, like, it's cloud-like. You know, it's very, uh, not memory foam. You know, it's got a lot more support. But, yeah, it is kind of weird. And, like, trail runners, I don't care what brand you get. Everyone that I've tried... After you've worn them quite a bit, they just literally start falling apart. Like, anything that's mesh, you rip holes in. Anything that's glued on starts coming unglued. But you got to think, like, you're walking through water and getting sand and walking up mountains and putting thousands of steps on these multiple days in a row, over and over and over and over. So my hokas, I'm not sure about the longevity. I've been using them now for like a year and uh, I was going all the time, so I put quite a few miles on them, and they're starting to fall apart. So it's time for me to get some new ones. Anytime you start seeing your little toes, <laughs> it's probably time to buy some new ones.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Well, and and uh, you got those on uh, the suggestion from Mister Backpacking with Jason, sir, because that's what he used for a long time.
1: Yeah, and then the last trip he had some Ultra Temps, I think, or maybe the Olympuses.
0: I think it was the I think it's Olympuses. Because yeah. they're a little more cushiony. I think that was, he likes the cushiony shoes.
1: Yeah, and I had to get the Hoka's in wide. Because for some reason, my my right foot will fit into a, like a, a 14. But my left foot needs a 15 wide. So I'm not really sure how that works.
0: Wow, dude. 15s.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's the 15s. And if it's a narrow shoe, you need the wides. And Hoka's not yeah. like. They're not like Ultras known for a wide foot box.
0: Yeah. Well, I know for me the shoes that I'm starting to use now, or I have been using since, I should say, I've been using for the last year, um, I'm disappointed in. Very disappointed what, in. What is it? I've been using the Saucony Mad River TR2s. And I love the initial ones because the first, the first version of these were great. The only thing I didn't like about them was kind of the, um, the heel of them didn't stay in real tight and you had to use the heel locks just to get them to to stay in well, and the heel actually wore out before the rest of the shoe did. So like it rubbed, the heel rubbed so much that the it just kind of fell apart on the heel. Uh, and so I decided I was going to upgrade to the new ones, and I got the new ones and put them on, and they're more comfortable than any trail runner I've ever worn in my life. But I noticed like anytime I hiked somewhere that was dusty or sandy, my feet would get stupid dirty. Like, my feet would just get gross. I just did, actually did a video on this. So if somebody's watched the video, they've already heard this story. But um, I uh, I went to Pictured Rocks in May with a bunch of friends. Uh, Miyagi was there, and, and Trips, and uh, Midwest Backpacker, Backpacking with Jason. All these guys were there. And uh, we did some hiking on the beach. Dude, I got so much sand in my shoes that it was putting pressure on my toes it was actually starting to cause pain and rubbed a hole in my socks. Like, oh. I, and then, so so I got them, I took them off and I turned them upside down and I was shaking the sand out of the upper of the shoe, not out of a hole where your foot goes, but directly out of the upper, like a salt shaker. Wow. And like, so do you- it was like a strainer, man. Like any, like if you hike anywhere with dust or dirt, they're horrible, man. Cause they just let everything in. And, so gators
1: uh, wouldn't really help.
0: No, gators would have done no good. Gators would have done no Ugh. good whatsoever. Um, and, and it got to the point where I quit hiking on the beach. Because it was just wow. miserable. Like I would hike for like not even a tenth of a mile, you know, and I just didn't even want to, I just I'd have to take the shoe off, clean it out, put it back on, and keep going. I just got to the point where I was like, this isn't even fun. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely getting new trail runners. Truthfully, though, man, if it wasn't for that, I would think that was the best trail runner out like it was that comfortable the the gri- it was grippy it could be a little more aggressive as far as the the depth of the treads,
1: uh-huh. but as
0: far as like the stickiness of it, man, when you're on wet stuff, those things are awesome um uh-huh. but because they're not deep enough, like if you get into mud, uh they tend to fill up really quick and and they get slick in mud huh. But, man, I tell you, if the upper wasn't what it was, I would love it. And I took them hiking this past I've, – I've, I still have to hike in them because that's what I've got right now. Right. Um, but I was hiking the other day, and I got to the end of the trail, and I caught my foot on a uh, – like there was a log or something sticking out, and it poked a hole into the top of the shoe. And so when I got home, I took a look at it. And dude, it's like paper thin, and it's just <sighs> it's just holes. Like the whole thing is just holes. And so it's just, I I can't, I suggested it to people at the beginning because when I first started hiking in them, I wasn't doing a lot of like sand hiking or like, if, you, if you're a desert backpacker, do not get these shoes. They will make your life miserable. Um, They just let in too much stuff. And my feet were always dirty. I'm lucky I didn't get blisters um, because of my feet getting so dirty all the time.
1: But yeah. As we've said before, don't know why shoe companies don't keep all the good things.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's funny because when I bought the shoes at first, I watched some video, re- some videos from other people about it, mm-hmm. and there was one guy. He was the only one, but one guy was talking about how he hates the upper. He just hates it, and I'm like, nobody else is saying this, and so I just ignored him. Man, I wish I'd have listened to that guy
1: now you're that guy
0: dude i wish i was listening to that yeah because now i'm him i'm like 100% in agreement with him so as far as the the shoes go you 100% win this one because i've never heard you complain about your hokas
1: all right let's go on to the
0: uh
1: the next up
0: oh dude this this is me 100% 100% this is uh we're talking about camp chairs Camp chairs is yeah. what's next on the list. We've talked about water filters, trekking poles, and shoes, and now we're talking about camp chairs. And I have the hybrid.
1: Yeah, I have, what is yours? I
0: have the Frankenstein of, of camp chairs that I use when I go backpacking. It is – it you can't buy it in stores. It is a one-of-a-kind, <laughs> like you could call it big-box cottage hybrid chair. The Chair point five
1: literally doesn't exist. This is the John Kelly special. This
0: is something I created myself. And I found out, though, I did find out other people do the same thing. I am not alone in this world. Like, there is a slowly building community of Chairpoint Fivers. They're out there, man. They're out there. Let me explain the Chairpoint Fivers who don't. Maybe you're new to the podcast. You've never watched my channel um, on YouTube or anything. And you're going, what the heck are you talking about? So I had a chair zero. And the chair zero, like the weight limit is like 265. And at the time when I was using it, I was probably right on the verge of 260, 262, something like that. This is like, what, a year and a half ago or something like that? It was right before COVID hit and I gained weight. Um, But I I took it out. It was you, me, uh, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, and Ben McMillan from Hilltop Packs. We all went out to the Red River Gorge. And uh, I woke up in the morning, and I would brought a huge thing of bacon to share with you guys. And you remember, you got to wake up that morning to bacon.
1: Oh, delicious.
0: Best morning of your life. <sighs> and uh, I was cooking the bacon, and uh, there was some extra grease left over, and I didn't want to keep the grease in the pan because uh, it was a little too much even for eggs. It was just going to make the eggs kind of gross. So I took it over to the campfire, which was already out, and just poured some of the grease in the fire pit because we were going to start that back up in a little bit anyways. Came back. Um, went to sit in my chair and tripped on a root, and fell and broke the chair, <sighs> broke the leg. And I was like, "Well, I guess I am sitting on the ground the rest of the time." So I sat on the ground, finished my breakfast, you know, shared with you guys all that kind of stuff. I got home, and I was like, "Man, I don't want to spend another hundred bucks on one of these shoes or one of these shoes, one of these uh, tr- these chairs." I just don't want to spend that money. So yeah. I got online, and REI was running some stupid deal on the chair one. Now the difference between the chair one and the chair zero is the chair zero weighs one pound and holds two sixty five. Like that's the that's the max weight limit. The chair one is two pounds and can hold over three hundred pounds of human. So they had the chair ones for like fifty bucks or something like that. It was like an old color, like a green, like a green seat. Nobody was buying it. Uh And and it was only 50 bucks. And I was like, man, 50 bucks? I just can't beat that for that chair. So I went ahead and ordered it. Came in a couple days later, and I set it up, and I looked at it, and this light bulb went off in my head. Because one of the reasons that the chair one is so heavy is because it's like a canvas seat. Yeah. So I took the canvas seat off, and I put the lightweight seat that's from the chair zero on it. And you know how much that chair weighed when I got done with it? (laughs) How much? How much? pound and
1: a half exactly between a zero
0: and a one hence the 0.5 that is why it is the chair 0.5 and dude that thing has been awesome and one of the best parts about it and i may never go back to a chair zero because of it is that it actually sits like a couple inches higher Mm. than the chair zero so it's easier to get in and out of than the chair zero which you wouldn't think that's a big deal but after a long day of hiking and your legs are sore Man, it's nice not to have to get up out of that chair when it's that low. Oh, you know what the I taller?
1: Mean? Yeah, the taller the chair, the more comfortable it's going to be.
0: Oh yeah. So I am I am I love it. Like I don't know that I'm ever going to get rid of it unless it breaks, but I, man it it feels bulletproof when you sit in it. Like when you sit in a chair zero, it kind of gives a little bit of a uh, there's a little movement in a chair zero.
1: Yeah, it's not, not super stable.
0: Mean? But a chair this thing, man, it, there's no movement. Like it is solid. So I don't know if I'm ever going to change out, man. At this point, I'm willing to take the extra half pound. And yes, for those people who don't like chairs, I'm bringing a chair with me when I go backpacking. You don't have to. <laughs> but you will, you will be jealous the entire time I'm sitting there in comfort and you're trying to find a log to sit on. That's all I'm saying.
1: All right, let me give you mine.
0: Let's hear it, man.
1: So the camp chair, my backpacks come with a sit pad, so I just sit on those. no camp chair.
0: That's not even true.
1: I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I bring you I bring a chair guy, every time. You? You're that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the uh, forget your chair. I'm I'm Kyle from Kyle hates Hockey.
0: We need to buy him a chair so bad.
1: Yeah, he says he won't use it.
0: That's okay. He's the anti chair. There's a principle be- behind buying it for him though.
1: Hunter Hunter trip. He wouldn't use my chair either. Wouldn't even sit in it. I was like, y'all are too purist, too purist. So here's mine. I started with the Hikeman chair. It's basically like a chair zero, but it weighs two pounds. Same size and everything.
0: It's like a chair one.
1: Yeah, it's like a chair one, except it's not like a taller frame or anything. It's just like the body is heavier. Mm-hmm. Then I went to a chair zero, and I still have it. Still take it, especially if I'm trying to shed weight. But I recently bought, uh, as, uh, probably like four months ago now. It's been a while, I guess, a Helinox Sunset Chair. And this thing is like sitting in a lounge chair on your back porch watching the sunset. I mean... It's bougie.
0: It's like your hiking... It's like your trekking poles. It's bougie.
1: You got to give up some weight on the trekking poles so you can take the heavier chair. How much does that chair weigh?
0: How much does that chair weigh? (laughs) I got to know, man. You got to know how much this chair
1: weighs. (laughs) It weighs three pounds.
0: Oh, Wow! Are you serious? Dude, you're not saving that much weight on those trekking poles. Three hey, pounds?
1: Every ounce counts, man.
0: That takes chocolate weight away from you, though. That's
1: true. Sometimes you got to sacrifice a little chocolate to enjoy your sunset. Oh, man. That's, that's just that's the a way it is. a heavy chair, dude. No, but here's the thing. It sits higher. Now, I don't know yeah. what the height is on the chair one, but I assume it's at that height or higher. It also... Has a full backrest and headrest, and the the my number one gripe with the chair zero is it's not super comfortable to sit in because it's sitting so low, and unless you like have it up against a tree or something as a backrest, you do really don't have a great backrest. Like it's well, just not tall enough.
0: It's better for short people than for people that are six foot three.
1: That's true. My lower back it comes to like the top of my lower back. Yeah. Yeah, like
0: people my height, that's a little bit better of a chair than it is for people your height.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm having to either sit crunched forward or like have my butt scooted way down deep into the chair in order to have any back support. And then you're kind of like curved the wrong
0: way. Yeah. So so are you investing in a gym membership so that you can carry all that extra weight?
1: Just do some crunches, get a stronger core, and it won't be an issue. (laughs)
0: Dang man, three pounds? I thought you were gonna say like a pound and a half, two pounds, something like that. Three pounds, bro. That's a heavy chair. You know who carries a chair like that? Who? Chad Hofton Houghton Houghton from uh, UGQ.
1: <laughs> well, that's because he knows what's up, dude. It he- doesn't get better he- than a headrest,
0: dude. He carries like when we went when we were in Wisconsin last year. Uh, there was a bunch of us up there, and him and his buddy both had chairs like that that did you
1: try sitting in one
0: no yes no yes 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 well you can can try mine yeah i couldn't remember it's been so long now i mean that was like a year and eight months ago or a year and six seven months ago or something like that but yeah dude it was really comfortable but man three pounds
1: three pounds yeah (sighs) bro i don't know yeah and (laughs) the problem that you run into is if you don't have the rest of your stuff like dialed in to be pretty light then you can't make up for that extra two pounds that you're
0: carrying no chance no chance but the thing is if you're only doing like a like next wednesday i'm going with a buddy to a really short trip it's only like Mm -hmm. a mile or two into the woods where's he's he got a new hammock he wants to learn how to set it up and all that so we're going to go out in the woods and we're going to we're going to do that and be close enough that if he can't get it figured out and we can't get it set up for him, we just go back to the car and come home. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're doing something like that, it's not a big deal because you're not carrying it very far. But, man, if you're doing, like, a full weekend trip, that's a, that's heavy, bro. That's heavy.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what they say. You're the one carrying it.
0: Go big or go home, right?
1: <laughs> that's right. Speaking <laughs> of hammocks, this is this is yes. the next thing on our list our hammock setups, and I assume that we're mostly talking about the suspension system because the whole hammock setup, I mean, we could spend an entire episode just talking about hammock setups.
0: I, I say, there I go again. I'm disappearing again. Look at this. <laughs> it's just, Canon just doesn't like me tonight <laughs> for some reason. Um, I, here's what I'm thinking. I'd say we just talk shelter system, period, and we don't talk quilts under quilts. We don't need to talk, like, attachments to our hammocks. Let's specifically talk hammock, suspension, tarp.
1: All right. Let's do it. And you go first. Why
0: don't you share first because you have a famous hammock.
1: Oh, I have the pride of Kentucky. Yes, you do. Made by Miyagi. Thank you, Miyagi. And it is a 12-foot hammock, and it's gathered in. So my suspension system is uh, Dutch Clips. So they're like a, a D ring and then I can't remember if it's spider poly, I don't know. It, it's like a strap, like a traditional strap, but it has a beetle buckle. And basically the way I would describe it is if if you've ever seen a seatbelt where you just pull on it to tighten it up, you know, like one of those you sit in the middle, that's basically the way the suspension works. Yep. It hooks onto your hammock at the end and then you just cinch it. So it's super simple, but the issue is it's a little heavier and also depending on uh how long you want your straps to be. So you could get like twenty foot straps if you wanted and then your setup's gonna be super, super versatile, mm-hmm. but you're also carrying an extra whatever, however many feet of more strap.
0: Well, I was gonna say you typically don't need more than fifteen feet. I mean yeah, and I think that, I have twelve. Much too much.
1: I think I have twelve, and sometimes it's not even that the trees are too far apart. It's that one tree is really like really round, like as in the diameter of the tree. It's yeah. a thick tree, so if you don't have a long enough strap to go around it, then you're like, oh, well, I guess I'm not hanging between these two trees, right. even though you have fifteen feet of strap. If the circumference is really big, then you're kind of screwed.
0: Yeah, I've I've been trying to. um make my personal circumference go smaller. That's been a, that's been a of mine. So I, <laughs> I, I understand circumference very well. <laughs> so, so what are you using for a tarp, man? Tell us about your tarp setup.
1: My tarp at the moment, it is by Warbonnet. It's the Thunderfly and it's a 13 foot tarp. And, uh, I mean, it's still poly, I think, is what it's made of. I don't have anything that's Dyneema on the tarp game yet. I was kind of working on designing one with Miyagi, but uh, it's quite a bit of work designing your own gear and, and having it made and all that. Yeah,
0: it's not it's not easy. It takes some work, man, that's for sure.
1: So I have um, Autumn Ultralight. You can find her on Instagram. She makes these, like, little... I mean, it's a suspension system for your tarp. I haven't done a ridge line. They're basically, like... Uh, Mm, How to describe them. It's the same system as the beetle buckles I mentioned earlier, where you just cinch it, except these are, like, very, very thin. They're basically hooks Mm -hmm. and a little bit of cordage that goes around the tree, and then you just cinch it up on each end of your tarp. So your tarp isn't hanging. Go ahead. Did you say makes those? Autumn Ultralight.
0: Autumn Ultralight. Okay, that's what I thought you said. They make some pretty cool stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, she makes awesome stuff. Yeah. So... You know, check her out on Instagram and, and see if you're a, a hammock camper and you may be able to save some weight on your system because I was using a full ridge line, and uh, I was using like, sometimes I still take it, full ridge line, and it's a wasp. I, can, I think that I got that from Dutch as well. Yeah, that's from Dutch. Yeah, the yeah. wasps are. And that works fine too, but it's just a little heavier than the, uh, anywhere you can save weight so you can take more luxury. That's what I like to do.
0: So you can take a bigger chair. Anything you can do to bring a bigger chair. <laughs> That's, that's what you right. got to do, man.
1: It's not going to make me any more comfortable to hang that tarp up with ridge line.
0: Yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. Well, mine's a lot different than what it used to be because we used to carry almost the exact same thing, except your hammock was heavier than mine. Yeah. I mean, we were pretty close to the same setup as far as like what we were doing. I was using the same straps you were, the Beetle buckles, the Dutch clips. I was using a full ridge line, except I use alien loops with mine. Um Yeah
1: i have some of those too
0: and then so what i do now is uh i saw my dutch or dutch my dream hammock Darien, which i love yeah i absolutely love that tarp uh it weighs in right around a pound right around a pound um mm. and then i got a new tarp so now i'm using a hammock a uh, hammock gear uh it's the dyneema standard tarp with doors i think is what they call it um but it's just – it's a Dyneema tarp. It has doors on the ends just like uh, my old Winter Dream tarp did that I had from UGQ, except this thing weighs like seven ounces or something like that. <laughs> like wow. The whole tarp weighs like seven ounces. So uh, I've been using that now. Um, I also changed my suspension for my hammock. My hammock suspension is super simple. Um, I use soft shackles to, uh, to uh, tie it to the tree, and because I'm using the soft shackles – I can actually – like when you use – the thing about using Dutch clips is you need to put the hammock straps to the side of the tree. Because if you put them from the middle of the tree, it actually puts too much pressure sometimes on those Dutch clips, and it can break them. And so they they want you to put those to the sides of the tree. Well, with the soft shackles, that doesn't matter. So you can put it right there in the center of the tree. And if you've got a hammock or if you've got a tarp with doors, um, it's hard to really – you got the straps kind of bumping up against the doors if they're not centered right, and so it's hard yep. to really get those inside the the doors really well uh, when you're coming off the sides of the trees. But with the soft shackles now, I can come right off the center of the tree towards my hammock, which is really cool. And then instead of using any hardware, I use no hardware now for my suspension. I just use a Beckett hitch. Um, it's just a knot you tie. I tie it directly to uh, the continuous loops on the ends of my hammock, and it works perfectly. I don't have to worry about uh I don't have to worry about any hardware or anything and then at the end of the day I just kind of pull it loose. It's kind Won't of soft. And it's really simple to use.
1: Can you tell everybody what soft shackles are cuz some people might not know what that is?
0: Yeah, they're just they're just um the best way to put it, it it's it, it's a uh, it's like a cordage kind of like a am steel or something like that that has a knot on the end. And then it's braided so that all you do is you put that knot through the loop on the other end and then it just pulls tight and it's not coming loose. It's just absolutely not coming loose. So you take your straps, you put that through the loop on your straps and then wrap it around the other side of the uh, the strap when you put it around the tree and it works perfectly, man. It's it's amazing like how durable that is and how strong that is. Um, and it's you want to talk about cutting off weight, get rid of all your hardware. You know, you can cut several ounces yeah. off of your your suspension just by that. And then with my um, with my tie outs that I use for the hammock it's, or for the tarp, uh, I use something called GLTs. They're by Alien Loop. Uh, they're super tiny, but they hold really well. It's like like a little way, hook. Yeah, they're little hooks that you use on the ends of the uh, on the ends of the tarp. Um, I've got some little um, like little uh, continuous loops uh, mm. on the ends of it that that I connect to these these hooks. And the guy lines never come loose. One of yeah, the things I, I noticed with uh like line locks, uh-huh. sometimes those things eventually out, wear out and your stuff comes loose and you be in the middle of the night, it's a really, really windy night, and then all of a sudden it just pulls loose.
1: Yeah. I have I've had that and once they start slipping, I mean you basically gotta you have to change it out whenever you get home, but until then you kind of gotta make a knot. So that doesn't go through the line lock and line locks are basically just a cinch system. Like I was talking about earlier, I use those GLTs as well. And the one thing I don't like about it, I I do love that. I can leave like my, my stakes hooked to them, Mm -hmm. but I'm afraid that it's one more thing that I can forget. So if I forget that little bag, now not only do I not have my stakes, which I could have solved that problem by just cutting a few sticks, but I also don't have the cordage to tie out my tarp.
0: Well, you know what I do? Um, I put a continuous loops on all three of my tarps. I've got three yeah, of I the do tarps too. that I use at different times. I've got a hex tarp from UGQ. I've got the Winter Dream tarp from UGQ. And I've got this, uh, this tarp that I've got from Hammock Gear now. And I've got continuous loops on all of them. And then what I do is I just put the, the GLTs and still connected to the uh, guy lines in with my stakes. So they're all yeah. together. And so I never have to worry about it. I mean, if I forget my stakes, I'm screwed too. Um, but but I, the stakes go with it. It just all comes together. It's really easy to work with for me.
1: I agree. But I'm saying that if you forget your stakes and you have a system with line locks and you just leave the line locks on, they're tied on, and you leave your cordage through it and stake it down. Your stakes are in a separate bag, but everything else is with your tarp. Yeah,
0: so, why would you want to do that?
1: I, I'm telling you why. <laughs> I'm telling you why I'd <laughs> want to do that. Because what if I forget the stake bag? <laughs> well, if don't I don't have stake bag, man, I know. But I could just make stakes. I mean, you could use rocks. You can use whatever you want. If your line mm-hmm. locks are on there with the cordage already in them. It's literally impossible to forget it. You either have your tarp with the equipment and no stakes, or you have your tarp with the equipment and your stakes.
0: Well, you can make, um, you can actually purchase the GLTs um, with an end that is fixed, and just have them tied onto the continuous loops on your tarp if you want. Like if you have only one tarp, you can buy them like that. Uh, Right. Two different kinds. So I mean, if you were, if that's, if that's something you're worried about, you can always do that. I just like how easy they are to use and how hard – how, like, they just don't come loose. Like, that was the thing that blew yeah. my mind about these things. They don't come loose. And if that's, a, if that's a genuine concern, then I would probably invest in the ones that are connected to the continuous loops where they're not going to come off and just use those. Yeah.
1: And I'll, I'll paint a quick picture for everybody on those GLTs. You can check them out on Alienware's website or, like, look at it on Instagram. But it's basically, it has a hook on one end, and the other end has a slot that your cordage will go in to keep it from slipping. So, you literally just, like, hook it on, and then you wrap your, your cordage around your hook, and then cinch it in there. It's not like a pressure system or anything. It's like no. friction holding it in there, and it, it, it's a great system.
0: It really is. And if you use shock cord for your continuous loops, that's, I tell people all the time, use shock cord, because uh-huh. it gives a little bit of give. So if it does get super windy, uh, it it relieves some of the tension that would be on the the guy lines, so that they yeah. don't they don't pull so hard. Um, so just some little continuous loops made out of out of shock cord can really make that a little bit easier. There's a little uh, hack for you.
1: I for, agree, one hundred percent.
0: So, I and here's the great thing, man. Right now, my hammock setup is just a hair over two pounds.
1: I'm gonna be honest, man. There's something a little bit freeing about having no idea how much my hammock setup is. <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely no clue. It could be 10 pounds with the underquilt and everything, Yeah. or man. it could be 5 pounds, it could be 4 pounds. I have no idea how much straps weigh, how long they are. <laughs> I think they're 12 foot. I don't know how much the hardware is. I got no idea.
0: Dude, all I know is like, yours is double layer. It's like a yep. thousand feet long because you yep. are you are a long human being, and your tarp is long too because or is huge too because it has to fit over that long hammock of yours. So, what do you have? Like a tw- what is it? A thirteen foot
1: tarp, thirteen foot tarp, twelve foot ha- twelve foot hammock. So oh, if you man. add all that up, uh, it weighs capital heavy.
0: Is, yeah, is I all say, I can say. It's a say. gathered in. It's a gathered in hammock. It's dual layer. So you're talking a foot times, what, like four feet or something like that? Or almost maybe five feet of of fabric would be the size of the extra fabric that you're putting on it times two?
1: Yeah, and it's like pretty wide.
0: That's what I'm know? saying. Like it's probably what, like 58, 60 inches or something like that. So probably like five feet.
1: And it has an x uh Ridgeline organizer. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I can put that on there and i love it. That's such oh, a good yeah. idea.
0: Dude, ridge organizers are it. Ridgeline organizers are the best thing to have for, for that. And and the thing that's controversial to some people, but the hang time hook. Oh, the hang
1: time hook all the way. You know how sad I am whenever I when I forget it? I am oh. so I'm like, man, how could I make one of those? Some sticks and rubber bands? Like, how could I put that on there?
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I like to watch movies when I go to bed at night in the woods. Mm-hmm. because it's the only time I get to watch movies I want to watch. I got a 3 and a 4 year old, man. Like people say you got to escape to the woods and hear the nature. I'm like, I want to escape to the yeah. woods and watch a movie cuz I get to watch yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like I agree. <laughs> so, so that hang time hook is awesome, man. That thing is awesome.
1: Well, I think we've provided some content here. <laughs> I, th- I thought that we were going to talk about this for a few minutes, but here we are at an hour. Let's wrap this thing up.
0: Right at it. And I want to say, man, uh this year, I, I think I think this man, I I'm trying to decide who won this thing. I'm thinking, man, you know, if, if people are voting online, this is yeah. not my opinion. Personally, I think I win every time. But uh but I can't I can't do that, you know. I gotta be I gotta be real because we love our listeners, we love our, our viewers. Um Dude, I think you're gonna win this because I think you won the first three hands down. I think you won the first three because ninety percent of everybody's going to agree with you on the water filter, even though I disagree. You know, most people are going to say they yeah. like the, the the Sawyer better. Uh, trekking poles, four ounces of trekking pole man. I don't know if I can beat that. I don't think I can beat that one. And I'm giving you the shoes because I'm not happy with with my trail runners. So that gives you three A lot work today. And I would say I got the next two. So you win this year, man. I would say this year the <laughs> winner of the 2021. backpacking battle royal of gear goes to jeremiah stringer so congratulations jeremiah
1: Uh, i shall shower in victory
0: i will i will send you the championship belt so that you can wear it for all the world to see
1: (laughs) what if we got an actual belt (laughs) that'd be
0: hilarious (laughs) i'm gonna find one i'm gonna send it to you I, I, i think i'm actually gonna send one to you and we're just gonna use it every year when we do the battle royal and see who wins it Maybe we should do
1: a second episode sometime, maybe one a season or something. I don't know.
0: I don't know. We need to maybe we need to bring some other uh some other podcasters in on this. Maybe we get a Devin Ashby in here. Yeah. Or or we get the guys from backpacking and blisters or something like that. Maybe the Shill brothers, you know?
1: Oh, there's we do have of, uh,
0: there's a lot of backpacking podcasters out there.
1: Now we had done some episodes with guests even though we haven't been live streaming but we do have live streaming starting Ten right minutes. now. I think it is September the 13th I
0: believe. Yeah, the day after be fir- uh, Yeah, the the day after the NFL season starts.
1: September the 13th. I think that's our first live stream. So yeah, we'll start hitting hot and heavy with some more guests and we can get some Hot opinions on here. Got some big things popping, some some we guests do. we haven't named yet. We and, do. Uh,
0: and And we're going to be doing these a half hour earlier than we did last year. We're going to be starting these at 8 o'clock instead of 8.30. So just giving everybody a heads up on that one. Uh, I know some people like had to log off at night because it was starting to get a little late. You know, they work early in the morning or whatever. So we're actually going to be starting these a little bit earlier. So that's also going to help some of our friends across the pond who want to listen live. Uh but we're going to be getting that going. Um, also, we got some killer guests, dude. You you nailed it when you said that.
1: Yeah, people don't know yet. Man, Nobody knows.
0: There's a couple coming up that there's one that I know you're geeking out over.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I can't wait.
0: I, I know there's one you're geeking over. I can't wait to see. I just want to see the look <laughs> on your face when you're talking to this person online. That's all I want to see. Like It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So oh, yeah. uh, we're also going to have some return guests, people that you got, we've had on before that you guys loved having on. Uh, guarantee we're going to have some of those folks back on. Uh, it's going to be a great season. Season four starts up in two weeks, man. Two weeks. Can you believe it? It's It's going to be a blast, dude. Oh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Well, man, for myself and Jeremiah Jerome, I'm no longer sick like a dog stringer. I want to say thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next one.
1: Adios.